Hosting for this podcast is generously provided by Transistor at Transistor.fm. You are listening to Storygram Podcast Network. Welcome to One Media, One Media. It is a very metal Christmas with some crying at the end because it's a palace of tears. <laughs> That's right. I am Takeshi. With me, I have Santos. And we are going to talk about a Gretzko, a very metal Christmas. It was released, I think. It was revealed, I mean, in December 11th, 2018. It's in between season one and season two. So they kind of put this in between there because they weren't done with season two just yet. It is technically episode 11 in season one. It's 22 minutes. It was released on December 20th of 2018. It's kind of a strange episode because how, like, at Retzko has fallen into trends of Instagram. Yeah, she's like obsessed with Instagram in this episode and getting the likes. Right. And that to me was like very strange, but she was starting to take the advice. I can't remember the deer's name. Yes. The deer character who's like very materialistic and yeah and like superficial superficial yes <laughs> and good at instagram <laughs> so she is getting advice on how to properly capture her meals to make them more desirable for people to like them right but it's also like mostly about how haida is really into retsko and if he's actually going to hang out with her on christmas eve mm-hmm. and then also i enjoyed this because Christmas isn't a fully celebrated holiday in Japan. It's just like an extra bonus holiday kind of, you know what I mean? Like it's not like Christmas, Christmas. And so it's more of a, from what I understand, Christmas is more like Valentine's Day. Like it's more of a couple's kind of holiday there versus like for the U.S. it's more of a family holiday. So it's, it's, so I don't know. So it was funny to see her working I totally felt like that very much resonated to me when she's like at work and it's like Christmas Eve and then you get more work and everyone else gets to leave and you have work to do. I was in that situation a times where you're like, really? You're not going to let us go early? Like, you're going to us more work on a Christmas Eve? So she definitely captured that. And the <laughs> boss not... Because the boss, I thought was funny. He was like, who cares? We already have our holidays. You know, like that we celebrate. I forget which two is Oban and I forget the other one that is big. Yeah, it's a strange episode. Part of me was like really into it, but then there's other parts of me that was like, huh. I don't know. I just felt like Retzko shouldn't be falling into such weird traps as Instagram. 
So she was, <laughs> she, you see how easy you can get caught up in stuff like that? It's very much on like comparing yourself to others and letting the likes dictate your happiness. And it's something lots of people fall into. And it's it's very true, especially when you're lonely and single or... And even if you're not, because I know people who it's like you're comparing everything, like how you raise your kids to other people raising their kids or how you do in school or how many trips you go on. Like we get very comparative and it was definitely bringing that up. So maybe it's a good episode for people to check themselves and their thoughts around social media and so forth. Yes, totally. And uh, not being so vain and worried about social media constantly. Yeah, it's not real. And that's something they also revealed. Like, it's like you can set pictures up to look a certain way. It doesn't mean it's actually what's going on. Right. So it's not always truthful. So don't compare yourself to people and you don't really know what's going on. Right. So we watched this improperly, but (laughs) so make sure if you are going to watch this, watch season one. This episode, season two, and then on. Yeah, I didn't even know this existed. I'm happy about it because it just gives you something else to watch around the holiday season if you want to watch like something different. Yeah, instead of like Nightmare Before Christmas. Yeah. So add this as your like precursor to Tokyo Godfathers. Yeah, totally. (laughs) A very anime Christmas. That's what we're going to (laughs) have. Yeah, I remember there was all this hype around Nightmare Before Christmas. And I remember seeing it on TV. I was like, oh, yeah, this is kind of cool. But then it just kind of created this whole entire other generation, genre of fans or cult following, I guess, or whatever. Definitely a cult following. And then... I saw it again in the theater because I had this weird 3D version of it about eight years ago. I was like, you know what? This sucks. <laughs> I haven't seen it in a long time. I just got tired of the, like, I don't know. The hot topic uh, love. <laughs> when things are so mainstream and then it's like, it's at Walgreens. It's like everywhere, <laughs> like everywhere. It starts losing its charm to me. So I just kind of started being a little bit negative towards it because I was like, ah, it's everywhere. Also, I entered a pumpkin carving contest when I worked at an office (laughs) for all the other businesses in the business park area or whatever. And um, I lost, I think, to a Jack Skellington template. And I was like, what? Like mine was creative. And I was just really mad. So I think that's really where my hatred comes from for Jack Skellington. Because I'm like, really? Like that wins because it's familiar. But that was a template cut. Like mine was so much better. So I think that's that's actually the truth. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I think by this time, it's so overhyped. So if anybody has never seen it before, it's around so much and there's such this following for it that you're not going to enjoy it as much as whoever is in love with that. Yeah. Do you think a Gretzko should have done more metal? Yeah. I felt like they just threw it in there. Yeah. And I really, and this may like spoil it, but I really wish there was like a party. Like I really wish there was more holiday and more singing like with her metal. It was definitely like, a filler episode 
Yeah, it just feels like an episode versus like a special episode. Yeah. I thought it was going to be a little more, yeah, like kind of standalone, like a better standalone thing. So they should do another one and make it a little bit longer and make it have more of a Christmas story situation. <laughs> that, you see, that's the thing I thought it was going to be more like a Christmas story or whatever the hell it's called or mm-hmm. where the, the boss was going to be like Scrooge or something. And that's what I was hoping for. Yeah, and they have room to do that. Out, so oh, well. God, yes. The cast would be great for that. Yes. They, I don't know why they didn't do like a play or something. Because you know how sometimes animes do that? Yeah. Where they do a play and the characters play different <laughs> roles. And it's so good. Yeah, that would have been nice. This is definitely not like a special episode to watch. Like, oh, cool. It's a holiday. It's barely holiday themed. It's like real life holiday. Like <laughs> she had to work. She didn't know she was going to get to go to a party. And then the main focus, like you said, is more about social media uh, distortion. <laughs> yeah, right. But it was still pretty good. It didn't really need to be there. Like we pretty much didn't know it existed or whatever. Or I forgot about it. And it wasn't like we missed anything except for Haida being into a Kretzko. Retzko. Still, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I was like, oh, we're going back here. And that was my biggest problem with it. I was just wanted more. Mm -hmm. But there is a season four coming soon. That's exciting. Yeah, I thought it really got tied up in a nice little bow. And now they're coming up with more. So I don't know what's going to happen. We hope it will be great. Yeah, I hope (laughs) so too. Yeah. Well, this isn't like necessary watching, but it's fun if you didn't watch it. But it's yeah. a little bonus episode. Maybe I'll rewatch season one and then. <laughs> season one's only like, I swear to God, like an hour and a half at the yeah, most. Yeah, <laughs> so it's like, just watch it season one and include this and then it would make sense. Maybe it might tie together better. I, uh, hmm. Mm-hmm. No, I might have to watch that again. I don't know. Yeah, well, it's on Netflix and it is not bad. It's not good. It's kind of just okay. It's just there. (laughs) If you're a super fan, then watch it. Mm -hmm. Anyway, so we'll take a quick break and we'll be right back. Storygram Network. Hello, welcome to One Media, One Media. I'm your host, Takeshi, and with me I have Santos, and we take two pieces of media, and we take a deep dive on them. Kind of. We just talk about it. Kind of. Hi, my name is Laura Lee, and this is It's Not About Food. So it's not about food, and it's not about weight. What is it about? It's the intersection of possibility, where what-ifs and why-nots collide. Some on the cutting edge, others on the cutting room floor. It's a place I like to call The Bleed. And we are back, and we're going to talk about Palace of Tears of Runation. This band is a fairly new band, so 
excuse me for the lack of uh, information. Uh, the char- uh, not the characters. Oh my god, the band members. <laughs> <That's awesome. laughs> Hi, the characters of this band (laughs) were released. Yeah, I was about to say it again. (laughs) We're we're just we have to tell everybody we are doing this episode late for us. Yes. (laughs) Usually we're in the more like more in the morning or the afternoon. This is evening, so we're evening. You're getting evening brain. Yeah, yeah, totally. Excuse my lizard brain. So the band members are Eric, are Sheed, and LV Darkling. Okay, so I watched this interview on YouTube and I got some information from them, but there's also some information on their Facebook too. Eric is actually from Portland, and I guess they were sending demo tapes back and forth. And eventually he moved to New Orleans where LV lives. And that's when they really started a band and started their, they called it a music, what's a good word for it? A music, uh, I can't remember the name. Collaboration. Collaboration. <laughs> Is that really the word? Yeah, I that's guess. the word. Chad, music collaboration, yes. Yeah. Oh. That's interesting. The name Palace of Tears comes from a chapter from the Suspiria remake that came out in 2018. Suspiria is definitely a cult classic, especially the old one. Don't know if you've ever seen it, Santos. You know, it has been recommended. Bart has been like, you should watch it because it's a dance thing and I like dance, but I'm too scared to watch it. It's really good. It sounds scary. It is a horror film. Yeah, I remember seeing it actually a while ago. I wonder how the 2018 version is. Anyway, so that's where the name came from. The album was released in 2020, and that's their only album they have at this moment. And there is another group called Palace of Tears, too. And they play like electronic music for us. So for a second there, I was a little confused what when it was. <laughs> oh, I didn't realize that. I um came across this band because I follow Eric on Facebook. We're friends. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm I didn't know any, I don't even think I met him, but I saw him perform uh, a dance performance that I was part of. And Megan Nicely, an amazing Butoh dancer. She did this piece called Familiar. It's one of the best Butoh pieces I've ever seen in my life. And he did the music for it. And it was like this soundscape and it was so cool. And then her piece was just amazing. And just to get the setting right, it, the dance performance that it was part of was part of a festival of dance of Isadora Duncan. So most of the night is like classical piano music and like women in tunics skipping around and doing cool stuff. And then there's this like wild Buto dancer bringing like this insane like soundscape and like movement and darkness. It was a really cool addition to our festival. And it was really fun on Sunday when the kids danced and the parents were forced to be there for this very intense Buto performance. 
I thought it was wow. really funny. I loved it because all the kids were like watching this really intense thing. And they're like little kids. And then the, you could see the parents were uncomfortable because they're like, what are we watching? <laughs> and this great dark music came on. It was really fun. So anyways, I saw him there and then found him on Facebook. And then I saw him post about touring. And I was like, what's this? And I looked it up. So I think they're touring now mm-hmm. more. They also said that the inspirations of the album was kind of from the pandemic because of the whole entire idea that they're in New Orleans where people are usually should be partying, but they can't because of the whole entire, like they're forced to stay at shelter in place and shit. It's kind of cool that they connected in a distance way and then created their collaboration during a shutdown period of time. When you think, oh, all these musicians have, you know, like it's like everything got shut down, like it's going to stop. But then instead it created this duo. Yeah. All together, I think the album is about, what, 45 minutes? Uh, 48 minutes and 49 seconds. It's seven songs. There's one that's about 15 minutes. And then uh, each other one is about like four to seven minutes or so. There is a song on here, I'll have to just say, that it's called Tears of the Moon. Mm -hmm. It's strange because I keep on thinking that she's saying (laughs) T. I don't always understand what she's saying either. Because her voice is so like, what's the word for it? It's like this. It's kind of operatic in a way. Yes. Yeah. It sounds very otherworldly. Very much so. Oh, yeah. I forgot to also mention Eric, he does mostly the instrumentals and the drum programming. And then LV does the vocals. Mm-hmm. It seems like in the first song, it didn't really sound like her, but I'm assuming it's her. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, it's a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. I forgot to mention that it is goth. <laughs> goth meets shoegaze or something is like what they were saying because they, yeah. they have all these different inspirations. So they like shoegaze, the blues, and all this other stuff. It's dark wave or witch house. It's a little bit of everything. Mm-hmm. The production is slightly lo fi, but it's still like really, really, really cool. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, for our first album. Yeah. creating this and yeah it is goth and if you look on youtube they actually have a video of them performing four of the songs and that's really fun to watch them oh yeah they're doing an acoustic version of of the songs i believe right oh yeah it's more i think so it's cool (laughs) but it's kind of fun it's like a little mini performance on youtube so that was a really fun thing I just have to say that that there's one song that just gets stuck in my head for days and I'll just listen to it a lot. Which one? It's the second song. Oh, that's my favorite song too. Oh, it's so good. I was like, and I was hoping this album's kind of like the redemption from Gothtober when we didn't like another album of a (laughs) duo. And we were like, and I was like, this is our redemption album because I really liked this album. But that song, I'm just like addicted to that. I don't know what it is, but... It's familiar enough, it's different enough, and it's like certain sounds that just gets tangled inside my brain, and I love it. And I made Bart listen to it like one time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm always playing it. It kind of <laughs> reminds me of like a weird battle marching song in a way, but like with her very angelic singing or ethereal singing. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty cool. And then the chord progression is like really good. It's really catchy. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, it's so good. So I I really like how the album starts. Like I really like the first song, um, which is more of like a soundscapey type song. And then it goes into that second song is my favorite song. And then it kind of like, for me, it's a little bit calm. So it fades for me a little bit. And then I like how it ends because it goes back to that kind of like soundscape type situation. Right. It's a short album, so we should probably just pick one song each or something. Or maybe we'll just play the second song because it is a good song. Yeah, it's play. It's called Thy Womb Full of Black Nectar. Here we go. <laughs> And uh, let's just put this out there. One of their inspirations is obviously Dead Can Dance. Oh, yes. Dead Can Dance. Yeah, you can see that. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, I think, and this is me comparing, you know, it's what we're supposed to do. But with that other band, (laughs) they had like multiple influences and each song was different kind of highlighting those influences. So it was like very disjointed. Whereas this duo, I feel like took their influences and like made their own new thing with it. And it's very cohesive. So I think they did a good job. I agree. I think you should definitely check it out. I do Mm -hmm. dig it. Let's see another good song on here. So yeah, so the second song, Thy Womb Full of Black Nectar, the best way for me to listen to music so I'm not focusing is uh, like either if I'm driving around or if I'm uh, playing video games. So I was playing this drone simulator and that song came on and I was like kind of doing all these flipping and flapping of the drone while the song was playing. So I was going with the rhythm of the music and I had to do it a couple times. So it was a lot of fun. Nice. So anyway. Yes. I think that's the danciest song possibly. It definitely it is. Actually, I think Shadows of the Whispering Plant. Phantoms? Oh, oh, Phantom. Like, yeah, for some reason, it's not giving me the full last name. No, it cuts off. Phantoms, yeah. Okay. <laughs> it does look like plant. <laughs> <laughs> or something, yeah. <laughs> Phantoms, yes, Phantoms. All right. Yeah, I like this song a lot.
all right, yeah, that's a good sample from that song. I dig that song and the cool change for the chorus. And like I like the chorus, like guitar sound. Mm-hmm. And her voice is just so strong, and it just it really comes together. They have a really good sound. Yeah, I hope they come to the Bay Area at least, and so we could check them out. I think they've been touring around more of the South. Like, well, they're from New Orleans, so yeah. So that's kind of like, well, that's what I've been noticing. I'm like, okay, I think that's kind of the area there. Yeah, but I figured if he's from. Portland, but then he was also obviously in San Francisco at one point, so maybe it's some contacts. So yeah, hopefully they'll get to tour more. Yeah, let's hope so. That would be pretty cool. Yeah, and then we could go check him out. <laughs> yeah, and look at—we're so bringing in such something so brand new, so cool. Yes. <laughs> what else should we say? Um, yeah, check it out. <laughs> I know. I guess this kind of is our holiday episode. Yeah, for some sure. goth music because <laughs> um, Gothtober can also be in December. So exactly, mm-hmm. and what's darker than Christmas and winter? And winter, <laughs> so good. Yes. But yeah, I don't know. Let's wrap this up. You could find me at all social medias under Glitch Unicorn. Okay, I wanted to ask even LinkedIn, but I bet you're not Glitch. <laughs> Unicorn on LinkedIn. No, I'm not. <laughs> um, <laughs> Might have to change that. <laughs> right? Change it. Um, and you can find me on some social medias, namely Instagram as Sister Santos. But you can also follow me on Spotify. I don't know how it works completely, but maybe we can be like Spotify friends. That would be, cool. <laughs> be great. Right? All right. Well, we'll catch you next year.